Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotchis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. We have a quick request for all our listeners. If you're enjoying the Art of Living Well podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and take a moment to rate and review the Art of Living Well podcast. That really helps us in our rankings and our visibility so other listeners can find us throughout the world. Thank you so much. Hey, Stephanie, can you believe that the average mass-produced bottle of wine can contain up to 16 grams of added sugar? I know, that's crazy. That's more than a glazed donut. Oof, she kind of grosses me out. But anyway, we're so excited because we finally found clean-crafted wine that we enjoy, that tastes good, and we don't feel like crap the next day. I am loving these Scout and Cellar wines. We've tried several of the different types and all of them taste good like Marnie said and we love the fact that there's no added sugar they're free of chemicals and pesticides they're grown with organic grapes and sustainable farming practices and they have very low sulfites which are one of the things that can often cause the headaches the next day and you know it's summertime it's patio season it's so nice to just get outside if you enjoy having a glass of wine um, We are super excited to be part of Scout and Cellar, and we do have our online shop. So you just head on over to www.scoutandcellar, that's S-C-O-U-T-A-N-D-C-E-L-L-A-R.com slash the art of living well. You can have clean crafted wine delivered to your door. Hello, and welcome to episode 47 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Today, our special guest is Julie Burton. Julie has spent the past two decades working as a freelance writer, author, self-care advocate, fitness instructor, and teacher, all while mothering her four children alongside her husband, David, of 27 years. She co-founded the Twin Cities Writing Studio in 2015, and she published her first book, The Self-Care Solution, a Modern Mother's Guide to Health and Well-Being in 2016. She then went on to combine her passion for writing, self-care, and empowering people to be their best selves, and she founded Modern Well, which is the first women-centered co-working and wellness space in Minneapolis. Julie currently writes and speaks about motherhood, self-care, entrepreneurship, co-working spaces, and many other topics, and she's been featured in local, national, and international publications. We are so excited to have Julie here today as we dive into the topic of self-care. Julie, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. 
We have known each other for so many years, first through our parents' friendship, then our daughter's friendship, and eventually through our own friendship. And I have loved watching you grow over all these years from writing your book to starting Modern Well to becoming the self-care guru. And we just have so much to talk about today. And I also just want to mention that Stephanie and I both work out of your fantastic co-working space, Modern Well, and that's actually how we met and started collaborating together. So we'll talk about that more as we dive in deeper, but thank you so much for creating such an amazing space. And first of all, as we get started today, we'd love to get to know you a little better. And can you tell us how you got started on your journey and how it has evolved so much over the years? And you know, eventually you ended up founding Modern Well and you did all of this while raising four amazing kids. Like, can you tell us about all that? <laughs> Marnie, thank you. And Stephanie for having me. I, I've loved watching you guys take off um, with this amazing podcast. And, um, and I love that you two met out of modern well like that is that is kind of what we call the modern well magic um where that is, that's like the biggest thing that that makes me the most happy when i see women women coming together in the space who may know each other a little bit um but coming together and and creating something like what you guys have created so congratulations on, on this wonderful podcast and i'm honored i'm honored to be a part of it um the art of living well i mean it's it's so it's so in line with with everything that i've been doing for the last you know many decades and um what i continue to do so um i, I just i love everything about what you're doing um so thank you for having me so, let's see where do we start yes yeah, so marty and i um we've known each other yeah um our parents and our families and um it's, it's been amazing to be on this journey with you and Stephanie, um, getting to know you through Modern Well, it's, it's been wonderful. And so the journey kind of for me started um, as a young mother of four kids. Um, I was super, super overwhelmed and was, have always been very like um, physically fit and, and, you know, cared a lot about um, eating well and exercising and and that part of my um, self-care was like was was good like I was fine I was I was I was quote-unquote healthy um, but I was super overwhelmed and um, my husband was traveling a lot and I was um, not super fulfilled in my in my professional life as I was kind of thrown into full-on really raising these four kids as David was um, gone every week um, building his career and um, we had kind of fallen into more of like the more sort of like not that patriarchal system but in you know we're single breadwinner um, um, and I had to kind of put my career on hold and, um, I, I worked in PR and advertising and I was, um, it's a lot of free, freelance writing and everything was just kind of 
set to the side as I was overwhelmed with raising these kids. And I got to a point where I was like, not okay. Like, like I was running, it, the, the book starts, The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being starts where I'm out on a run, taking care of myself, right? And normally running would make me feel great. And I would have all these endorphins going and I'd be like, okay, life is good. I, I'm good. I can go back to my life. I'm fine. I'm, you know, blowing off some steam here, but I just was overwhelmed. And I ended up at my sister's doorstep and I was just sobbing. And um, I was just so not okay. Um, and she just looked at me and she hugged me and, and she just said, you just have to figure out how to take care of yourself. And I was like, but I'm taking care of myself, right? Like, and, and so I realized um, that is when the whole self-care sort of um, idea phenomenon really um, struck me in, in such a different way. Um, I mean, I've always known that mental health is important too, as I had battled with some eating disorder and some anxiety and depression. So I was no stranger to that, but um, I realized as an adult and a mom, how, how things had shifted and how self-care needed to really change for me. Um, and so I started to really investigate. I, I, I went to journalism school and um, was sort of trained as a, as a reporter. And so I kind of put my reporter hat on and I started interviewing moms um, and asking them like, hey, are you taking care of yourself? How are you taking care of yourself? And, and what does it feel like to be a mom and try to have your kids, you know, be your priority, but also take care of yourself. And so that's how the book came about. And so I took a deep dive into that work and learned like so much about um, what self-care is and what it isn't and how it's different for, for everybody. Um, and so for the next 10 years, I worked on that book. I, I didn't mean for it to take 10 years, <laughs> but it did. Um, and in the meantime, I was working um, part-time as at uh, core power. I worked at Lifetime Fitness. Um, so I was in the fitness and wellness industry in that part of my life. And then I was teaching um, yoga and Pilates. Um, and then I was also continuing to write. So the book comes out in 2016. And um, I then decided to start a writing studio with my friend Nina Badson um, because we were, she was like my first writer friend and we were having coffee one day and we're like, there's gotta be other writers in this, in this town that wanna get together and share stories. And so we started the writing studio. And from the writing studio um, came the community aspect that I loved so much, um, which was bringing women together sharing stories, sharing energy, being in the same physical room um, and seeing what, what comes out. And from that, we had people, women in that room who ended up partnering on businesses. And this was just, you know, 12 women, um, publishing books, publishing articles, collaborating. And I thought, okay, here again, there's 12 women in this room and they're all like, 
feeding off each other and, and you know, being inspired, I want to bring this to more women. Um, and so that's how the, the seed was planted for Modern Law. So it, it and then Modern Law came about, so the, the core group of Modern Law was our, was our writing studio. And then it grew into women entrepreneurs. And I mean, we have now everyone, you know, doctors, lawyers, um, coaches, um, you know, consultants, marketing people. Um, and it's, it's a just an incredible community of women who, um, right now it's tricky, obviously, because of the COVID <laughs> pandemic that's um, keeping people a little bit away. But it's it's still happening. It's it's still happening. People are still gathering, and we're finding community in different ways. So that's the long, <laughs> the long story of of my journey. Well, Julie, um, I just love that book, and I remember right after we met and I joined Modern Well, I bought the book um, and devoured it. I remember exactly where I was. I was on vacation, and I like, every like paragraph and every chapter just resonated so much. And I've given it to people as gifts because I just think it's so important. Like it should be like every like new mom's gift that you give your friend, you know? Um, so let's talk a little bit more into self-care, especially now in the current environment. Why is this such an important topic to address always, like you've talked about, but really now during this COVID-19 pandemic and just in general in times of crisis and maybe having a good self-care practice, how it can help you when life throws you, you know, a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think to sort of unpack the, the whole, the, the meaning of self-care is, is important because I think that self-care started out as something good. And then it, it became kind of a buzzword that people really um, almost, uh, it sort of made people like recoil, like, and what I realized in doing this work for a long time is that there's a lot of shame around when, when, when people say self-care, and a lot of women especially go straight to shame. Oh, I don't do that. I'm, I'm bad at that. I hear that. Oh, I'm really bad at self-care. Mm, no. Okay. So right there, it's like, so I, I just I always like to start the conversation about self-care you know, what is it, right? Um, and I think that what self-care is to you, Stephanie, or you, Marnie, could be very, very different than what it is to me. And so the, the, the act of self-care really is, is taking time to be quiet enough with yourself at various times, you know, whether you're checking in with yourself once a week, once a month, you know, on a pretty regular basis and asking, asking yourself, what do I need to be okay? What, what do I need, you know, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis? And that is, that is everything from, you know, how my relationship with food, my relationship with my body, my relationship with exercise, um, my relationship with other people, um, you know, am I, am, am I, how am I feeling about my career? How am I feeling about my, our, our finances, right? There's, 
there's so many areas of that that there's this sort of like self-care umbrella and there's a lot underneath it so i think right now when we're in crisis um getting back to like the basics of self-care is probably the most important thing that we can do right so the basics of self-care i mean that you know i kind of outline these in the book so you know what we put in our body you know what we how we feed ourselves how we move how we sleep you know how we find joy i think right now um there's a lot of sort of pressure to not be joyful like like i feel like i feel like there's this um there's so much happening between the pandemic and the racial tension you know since the murder of george floyd um there's it's it's like i i see it and i feel it and it it's and i understand and i think yes we have to do some deep soul searching right now all of us um and we have a lot of work to do in a lot of areas but i do also think that if if people i think people also still need to give themselves permission to have fun and you know during the pandemic and during you know this this kind of um difficult uh place that we're in in society right now where we know that um the systemic racism is is huge and, and there's so much work to be done and it it's it but so i think i think self-care right now um during this crisis is best to be looked at it just going to the basics like what do we need every day to be okay what what um and you know and and really any time like it's always good to go back to the basics right um and so yeah i think that i think it's tricky right now um and i i worry and i've talked to a lot of mental health professionals lately that have talked about with this pandemic and, and that the next crisis is going to be a mental health crisis yeah because we are in shock and we're everybody's holding on to, and, and everybody's mad at each other for wearing masks for not wearing masks for going places for not going places and, and it's just it's creating this you know and judging each other online and I, like it's it's absolute insanity right and so yeah i i i think that that self care right now it it's it's a value of being kind to yourself and kind to others um and we really need that right now well and it's interesting because i even come across women i don't know if you have in all your you know self care talks and everything that almost wear it as a badge of honor that they're not practicing self care and looking down on women oh you take time to go you know how can you take time away from your kids to go work out or whatever it is and i i have noticed that a lot of women don't um look at it as you know when you take care of yourself that you have to take care of yourself before you can truly take care of others well right so it's interesting I, yes. that a lot of people have trouble seeing the value in that i agree with that in fact i um before covid hit i uh 
a reporter from the New York Times reached out to me and and did an interview on, she was writing an article about basically whether self-care was a matter of privilege. And there's a lot of discussion about that, right? Like, you know, who gets to go get their nails done and go to the gym? And, you know, is is that a matter of privilege? And um, back before I, before I was even interviewed for this piece, I don't, it'll be interesting to see if it, if it runs, I don't know. It literally came like right before um, COVID hit. So everything is like, so turned upside down right now. But um, I had interviewed um, some people, very various, you know, socioeconomic status and, um, and who talked about, and, and some talked about how this one particular woman that stands out, she, um, single mom, um, you know, working several jobs to, to, you know, keep food on the table, keep her kids, you know, clothed. And, and we talked about self-care and, and she didn't, she, she actually said, you know what, to me, self-care is about getting on the phone with my best friend at night when my sons go to bed and laughing you know about old times and and you know thinking and and just allowing myself that space to just have some levity and some joy and so self-care doesn't have to cost any money it doesn't have to mean getting a babysitter or or going for a massage or you know that's where i think that self-care has kind of gotten that wrap of like like you said like um you know, like that judging thing that, well, I don't, I don't have the time or money for self-care. Mm-hmm. We do though, we actually do. And so I think there's a big distinction and, and that women should not be shaming each other for how we take care of ourselves. Especially when it can be as simple as going outside and taking a walk, which is one exactly. of my favorite ways to take care of myself. And it costs nothing except some it time. Nothing. Exactly. I was just going to say the same thing, Marty. I mean, that to me and like having time to breathe and actually try to meditate like that. And that, that is just time. And we all mm-hmm. have 24 hours in a day. It doesn't matter what your background or financial situation is. Right. So, but I agree. It's gotten sort of a, a bad rap, if you will, just using the term self-care. Yeah, and I don't, and I do think there's a distinction though. I, I when people say, you know, there are women who who spend an inordinate inordinate amount of time on themselves, okay, and they call that self care. I do think there is there are people who sort of I don't want to say abuse the word, but but they use it in a way that you know, I mean, to spend an entire day, you know, primping and like maintaining maintenance it's a different right (laughs) (laughs) that's not self-care that that i mean it's something but but i mean i guess in their minds you know that's what makes them feel good but i think the true meaning of self-care is is really about doing what you need to do to 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 feel good and be okay um, and I guess some women would say, well, yeah, I need to spend, you know, three hours at the gym and then I go to the nail salon and then go to the hair salon. And the, 
I just think that's where it gets a bad rap though. But in truth, that could be someone's version of their self-care. So we don't want to judge what anybody's doing, but I feel like there is a place for self-care for everybody to find what it means to them. And I think, Julie, maybe you mentioned this earlier, you used the word joy, but I think it's doing the hard work to determine and figure out what brings you joy and then find moments of self-care and, you know, things that you like to do that will help fulfill that joy and lift you up. So if you're in a place of joy, you're not stressed, you're not, you know, struggling with managing your kids and your family, right? I mean, you can, those are elements of day-to-day life, especially for moms and moms with young kids, but finding moments where you can truly be at peace and feel joy, um, to me, I think it's to the, the essence of self-care, really. And it, it's different for everyone, like we said in the beginning. Exactly. And, and, and just feeling good about, you know, the person that you are, right? That, like, how, how you're spending your time is, you know, is what the person that you are, right? So if, you know, if we think about our days, our weeks, our months, I mean, I, I guess, you know, in terms of thinking about how much time are we spending on ourselves, right? How much time are we spending giving to others? How much, you know, and, and to just, so, and we all have to go to bed at night and, and ask ourselves, you know, the questions, do I feel good about myself? Do I feel good about how I'm spending my time, how I'm spending my energy? Um, and I think that um, that's an important part of self-care too, is, is really, I mean, I have found, I think part of what, some of my struggles were is that I didn't feel, I knew that I wanted to be doing more and giving more and serving more people and engaging more people. And I was really, I was really missing that piece. And I, so that wasn't care, you know, so there, there was a piece of my self care that, that was missing um, where I was in shape and, you know, exercising. I was, I wasn't fulfilling my full purpose, like my, what, what I really wanted to sort of manifest in this life. And it took me, it, it took a lot of kind of hard work, um, to figure out what that was and, and it's painful. And, and, and I think, um, because we don't always really know. And I think a lot of people feel pretty lost and, um, and, and it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to take chances and to, put yourself out there. Um, but you know, like Brene Brown talks about, you know, being vulnerable and like, and, you know, allowing yourself to be seen and, you know, like, like you guys, like doing a podcast, right? I mean, you're, you put yourself out there, you, you know, you're, you, you take a risk, you, um, and I think those are the kinds of things that to me are also a part of self-care is, is pushing our, not pushing ourselves in a negative way, but but making sure that we're living the life um, that we are sort of meant to live, like like using all the gifts that we have and doing something good, doing something good for other people, um, and you know just somehow, some way making making the world a better place, or making our families better, or making you know our communities. Um, and I think that at least for me, um, getting in really in touch with that 
was a huge part of, of self-care. Which is amazing and beautiful. And you're so fortunate. I think all of us, the three of us talking here are very fortunate that we have been able to really dive deep inside and figure that out and now share that with the world and hope that other people are inspired and able to take those steps for their own lives. So I'm curious, Julie, you know, with everything going on during this pandemic right now, what are some like really just basic, simple tips or strategies that you would recommend um, our listeners do to, to take some simple steps of, for self-care, knowing that obviously self-care means something different to everybody, but maybe are there some just kind of basic bare bones things you would recommend? You know, I, I mean, the thing about self-care is that, you know, and, and, and taking care of ourselves is that most of us know, like, like we know, right? Like it's everywhere, right? Move your body, you know, put good, decent, you know, food in your body most of the time, um, you know, drink lots of water. I mean, yes, all of those basics, I think, you know, we, we do need to really be intentional about right now. Um, and I think too, right now, I would, I think a lot of focus around self-care needs to be around mental health right now. I think that um, we need to be talking to each other a lot and listening and, um, and being compassionate. I think, I think that like we were talking about earlier, you know, the, the judgments, um, when, when we're in crisis and, and people are in fear, there's a, a lot of people go right into like blame or like, oh, look at her, look at what she, and, you know, because we're, we're just, nobody knows, no, we, we've never done this before. <laughs> like, right. We've never been in a pandemic before. So I, you know, I always kind of like when people are like, oh, well, you should be, it's like, really because you you've been through this before <laughs> like because i don't think so um i mean not that we can't you know rely on science and we can't be smart and respectful and conscientious and all that but i think i think that that not to make i know you're asking for simple and i i think i guess the simplest way i could i could sort of package it would be to make sure that you're talking to people and talking to people who um, can really listen to you. And even if you have to say, I know that this isn't the popular opinion, but this is really what I think or really what I feel. And, and to find people who you can be safe with and who can, um, you know, validate. And also, you know, the, the, the quarantine and the confinement, um, I, you know, without getting too political or I just, I, I, I am concerned about the isolation right now. I, I really am. And um, I, not that I think we should all be gathering and having, you know, going to baseball games and, you know, I, I just, I think that, um, 
seeing people, however you're comfortable seeing people, whether it's going for distance walks, you know, putting your mask on, getting out. I, I really think it's important because I think that people are um, getting into them, like going inward um, in a way that concerns me. Like, I, I just, so um, if I would say that self-care right now is still in human connection, like as much as you, as you, as, as the world is telling us to not connect, right. Um, that we fight for, for that, not, not in a fight, like I'm not going to wear a mask, you know, like that crazy that, but, but but to really, um, to, to not lose the value of, of that, of, of human connection. I, I couldn't agree more, Julie. And, you know, one thing that's just recent example to share is, you know, a lot of people out there maybe don't have someone that lives close to them and maybe they live by themselves or they don't have that close friend that they can really confide in and feel like they can be, um, honest and open with what they're feeling is pick, you know, go outside on a walk and pick up the phone and call that person wherever they live in the world and have a conversation with them. And it's like, you're walking with them, but you're not. And I've done this the last 10 days because walking with a friend was the one thing I did regularly when we first went into stay at home. And now we're under self quarantining because my son tested positive last week. So I've been getting outside on walks and a lot of times I will pick up the phone and call my family and I just having that conversation and being outside and moving, I feel a hundred percent better when I go back in the house and know that then I'm here and these, you know, looking around the same four walls for the next how many days. So that's just something very simple that I think almost anyone can do. Right. And it doesn't cost money. And hopefully you have that person somewhere that you can pick up the phone and call. And I, th and I think that what I think what you both said is so important and valuable. And I think adding another layer onto that is that, you know, trying not to be so judgmental because everybody does need to take care of themselves differently. And that human connection is very important. And I think that, um, you know, for me, it may be having, you know, two couples in my backyard after dinner, socially distancing, but connecting face to face still. And to the next person, they'd be like, how can you have people over? So not judging people for what their comfort level is, right? I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, and I, and I, I live it every day with my, well, and, you know, four kids and and the different ways that the kids are are handling this and, and parents and grandparents right a lot of us you know in the sandwich generation right where we have to our behavior and our kids behaviors affect our parents right and and so there's 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 a lot of stress around that and um and and you know even at modern well where we have members everyone from you know, members who are coming in and just so grateful to have a place to go and be around other people, you know, some, some live, live alone, like you said, you know, some live alone and just, you know, feel like they can't handle the isolation. Some have kids at home where they're like, I can't get anything done at home. Um, 
And, you know, and then we also have members who, who are, are afraid to come in. And, and, and again, to your point, Marnie, like, that's not for me to judge that. I mean, every, I respect where everybody, where everybody is at. Um, and, and so I think that we all have to give each other grace and, um, you know, and, and even too, like, I was thinking about you, Stephanie, like walking and, you know, being in the neighborhood sometimes, you know, I do that too a lot where I'll pick up the phone and, you know, call a friend, you know, California, whatever, somebody, um, or my mom or dad. But I also sometimes try to just go walk in my neighborhood and not be on the phone because I like talk to neighbors because yeah. everybody's home, right? I've talked mm-hmm. to neighbors who I didn't even know, you know, I, like stop and let the dogs play. Like there's there's something to to that too, right? To just being in the present and allowing kind of that that human interaction into to happen because we're all like home in our neighborhoods and and that's been kind of a nice a nice perk. Well, and it fosters community, which I think a lot of us really need more of. And we're not busy. We don't have to rush home from the walk. So the 20 minute walk now takes an extra 10 minutes because you stop and talk to five people along the way, um, which, which is great. I've loved this. I've experienced that also, which I think is great. You know, the one, the one thing that I keep hearing coming up in different conversations with people is they, a lot of people are listening to the news and just hearing all the negatives out there, right? Because every day the media is flooding us with different information. We don't know what to think. And I've literally had some people recently, like they are, genuinely stressed and concerned like they start doing the math in their head about this statistic and this percentage and what that means and how many deaths in my neighborhood or my community or my school based on some statistic that they hear what can people do that are kind of that really go to that very stressed negative place and how can they get kind of a little bit more centered and grounded because it is really hard right now with all the information and the reality is a lot of us don't even know what what's accurate right we just don't know mm-hmm. So the way I, the way a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but the way I look at it is like, I, you know, we're kind of like, we're in it, right? We're in, we're in this, in the, we're rolling around in the mud of this pandemic, right? We're, we're just, we're in it. So what I try to do is like, just step back and step out of it a little bit. And, and kind of like, if we were looking, you know, like kind of bird's eye view and what I, and I, what I've read and thought about is, you know, our society, we have survived pandemics, like we have survived flus and smallpox and, you know, and, um, and, and this can sound really um, maybe harsh, but, and I don't, and I don't mean it to be harsh, but it's like, yes, people died and good people died and children died and, uh, you know, and um and it's very horrible and sad and yet like society survived right so so we lived to see another day and sometimes that honestly is like what okay so what are we most scared of i think that is what people have to that's what people have to get really clear on i'm mo- okay am i am i most scared of myself dying okay am i most scared of my children dying, my parents dying, my best friend, um, you know, my, my community being wiped out. My, so like, okay, so really get clear, like what, if you just had to drill down your biggest fear, right? You know, 
we're going to survive. We're going to survive this. I mean, God willing, <laughs> the three of us here are going to survive this, right? You know, our kids are, but like, as a society, like, we're going to get through this. We, mm-hmm. we, like Renee said, we can do hard things. We're, I mean, people are, and so I guess if we can drill down to our biggest fears and, and almost just look at them, you know, just stare them down and, and understand that like, we're not in control. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you believe in God, if you, whatever you're, you know, the universe, whatever it is, right. We can control some things, but not everything. And I have found too, like the people who are the most, the least stressed and the most just like in the moment and are the people who are saying, you know what? Yes, I will be socially responsible. You know, I will wear my mask. I will distance. I will, you know, do my thing. Um, But I'm going to live my life and I'm not necessarily in charge, right? Like we're not, it's not anybody's fault that you know will you know that somebody got it like it, it just so i think i think thinking about the things we can and can't control and you know if you're a religious person i mean some some of the most calm people are the the most religious people i know they're like it's i'm not in charge i am not in charge of this thing and um so I think letting go a little bit, not letting go and like going to have a Corona party like they're doing in some of the, you know, like, I mean, you know, but letting go around, I think that's what's causing us so much stress. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can't control, like, you know, I mean, some things yes and some things no. So, and as somebody who's struggled with control issues, it's not easy for me, but I, I the people who I have seen and who, you know, some mentors that I have who are, I'm like, wow, you're pretty, you know, conscientious and listening and, and, you know, but not like, oh my God, you know, um, are, are just have the ability to, to let go a little bit. Well, I love that advice. Um, I think, I think the idea of really getting clear about what you're afraid of and what makes you fearful puts it in perspective a little bit. And that, and that I hadn't really thought about it like that in all honesty. And, you know, when you said that, I was thinking to myself, okay, what am I really afraid of? And just stepping back and thinking about that, um, you know, like I'm really not afraid for myself. And I even strongly believe that my kids are gonna be okay. Then when I think about the older generation, like that does bring me more fear in all honesty but everybody's going to have a different perspective on that and a different thought. And I think getting clear on that and then maybe, you know, what steps can you take to make yourself feel better about the fear that you have instead of just looking at this giant picture of things, you know, really narrowing down on that, I think is really helpful. And I also think like you said about the control piece of it, like, why am I going to worry about if this person is going to test positive or negative in four days? Because the bottom line is it is completely out of my control. So I might as well enjoy my next four days and not think about it. Right. So I really liked that advice. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I know easier said than done, but yes, but, you know, but it's, it's a good perspective. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's pivoting a little bit and talking maybe a little bit about Modern Well and also just what you're currently writing um, and how you manage to have time to do it all in between the business, writing books, running the writing group, having four kids, um, speaking. Any, just any tips for others? Um, I, I mean, in full honesty, I, I think a lot of that, the, the doing a lot of things at the same time and it, it's sort of driven by a few things. I, I've really tried to like drill down on what, you know, um, I think I have sort of this, it's kind of like an ADD thing where I actually really thrive on doing a lot of things at the same time. Now it doesn't, it's not always the best way to go about things because um, things get dropped and disorganized. And, um, but I think as a creative person, I like, I like to be working on and, and, and solving and creating um, a lot of things at the same time. And, and, um, and so, and, but not everybody's wired that way. I think that's the thing, you know, it's like, I mean, my husband, like, he's like a one thing at a time guy. Like he, like he cannot, he doesn't get it. He's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Wait, <laughs> I thought you were doing this, but wait, now you're doing this. And you're, so um, I think that I finally, after, you know, 53 years figured out that, um, because it, it, it used to cause me a lot of anxiety and, and I, oh, why am I starting this and this? And like, or why can't I just sit all in one place? But I think that it's actually, um, it's actually just part of who, of who I am. I, I like, I like to, I like to be challenged. I like, I have a lot of different interests. Um, and so the modern well slash writing, so, so those, so modern well is very outwardly focused, right? It's very, you know, I'm talking to people, I'm connecting people, I'm meeting with people, you know, I and I and I love that, right? I, I love, love, love that. Um, and then the writer part of me is it's almost the opposite. The writer part of me has to get really quiet and you know, I have to be, you know, by I mean not like I can be at modern well, right? But you know, by myself in my own head, not talk, you know. And um, I have to be honest that right now I am struggling with the writing. I, I'm I'm working on a, another book um, that is about menopause and kind of the next stage of life. And um, I, given everything that's going on with COVID, having all my kids at home. Um, trying to keep modern well, you know, strong. I have not been writing as much. Um, and I think my advice for people is, is to um, find things that you are passionate about, go where the energy is. And so right now I'm honoring that, that the energy right now is not in the writing of this book and, and I could feel bad about it and I could, you know, but it's, it's with everything going on. And so I'm going to just say, okay, it'll be there. I, I, I know I will come back to it. Um, but if you can, um, 
you know, and, and even if people, you know, are, are juggling their work and their kids and relationships, I think the happiest people that I know are people who have passions that are just like outside of work and, and sometimes work and, and your passion project can kind of, you know, overlap, um, which I think it does for you guys. And it definitely does for me. And we're, 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 we're really lucky um, that that happens, but I just think people need, you know, call it whatever you want, a side hustle, a passion project, you know, some kind of creative expression um, because it's life is hard <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of things that we have to do that are not fun and that are not, you know, like cleaning the house and, you know, taking care of, I mean, like it's, it's working to, you know, pay the rent and the mortgage and whatever, like some of those things are just a grind. And so I think that making, and, and again, this is part of self-care, right? Having something, you know, if it's picking up a guitar and, and learning how to play the guitar or, or, you know, doodling in a, in a journal or writing poetry, even bad poetry or, you know, like anything that, that um, can kind of get you out of your, um, out of your like day-to-day -day grind, I think is, is important. But, you know, for me doing a lot of different things, it's just how I'm wired. It's not anything like special. And sometimes it actually, it causes more problems than, than good. But I've, I've gotten to figure it out a little better as I've gotten older. Well, I, I couldn't think. <laughs> Marnie, I was going to say, when, when you were talking initially, Julie, when you started answering this question, I was like, I feel like that's Marnie and I too, to a little bit. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> we both have a lot of things going on. Like, you know, 10 steps ahead of where we should be, because we, we have all these ideas that we want to execute, and we'll get there in our own time. But And, and all these passions. I mean, it's like, I think both of us, like, and clearly you too, Julie, like, it's like, oh, I want to, I, you know, trying to learn guitar right now, speaking of guitar, and there's all these different things I want to do, and I get so passionate about, and I know Stephanie does as well, and I think that that really makes, keeps life exciting. Yeah, yeah. The bottom line, for I sure. I have been bored lately. Well, I think, you know, to, to your point, though, I think, I think, though, because I think we're we're lucky in the sense that we've been able to always access that sort of creative part of ourselves that likes to think outside the box and come up with different ideas. I think that some people would say, "Oh, well, same kind of thing." Like, "Well, I don't have time. Who? I don't have time for that." I I what do you I, time to create? I, you know, learn the guitar. No, like I have to put food on the table. I have to you know, take care of my kids. I have to, and I think that, um, I, I think that it's important to, to challenge those, those ideas. I think for some people like us, it comes naturally. Like that's just how our brain works, how our brains work. That's how our hearts work. Um, but some people have, have shut that part down of themselves. Like, but I mean, if you, 
think about when you're a little kid, right? You, you know, someone hands you a crayon, you're going to color a picture and you're going to, you don't care if you're in the lines, out of the lines, but that's just part, that's innately part of who we are as human beings. We are creative beings, right? That we, you give me a crayon, I'm a little kid, I'm going to, you know, color, give me a finger paint, I'm going to make a, you know, a picture. And as we get older and life kind of wears us down, we don't even know what to do with a crayon. We wouldn't even, we wouldn't even necessarily remember that, oh yeah, our instinctively, our hand is supposed to go to the paper and not supposed to, but it just naturally does. But over time, life, life, you know, kicks that down. Oh, I don't have time to color. Mm-hmm. No, but I, 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 that, that's, you know, that's what privileged people do. Like, and it's well, like, but wait a minute, we all, we all grabbed that crayon and did the same thing with it. Yeah. And I think just for those out there that don't feel like they have a passion or you know, maybe they can't relate to some of the things we talked about, I can say for all my life up until I was 40, I was that person that was hands down, you know, pencils down, working, working, working in an unfulfilled job that I had no passion for. And it wasn't until I was 40 and pivoted and did something different that now I feel this energy and this passion. I, I actually used to tell my husband, I don't have any passions. You have these passions outside of work. I don't have any. So it can happen at any age. It doesn't, don't feel like if you're not there right now. Um, and now I, I, sometimes I feel like what Marnie said, I have too many passions. You know, I have so many things. So um, don't despair. And, you know, again, yeah. trying to figure out like what made you happy when you were younger or if you had all the time in the world, what would you do? And then try to find ways to incorporate some elements of that into your week or your month, whatever it is. And, and sometimes it's even about, you know, I know a lot of people are watching a lot of TV right now. Maybe it's just in the evening, turning off the TV and finding something else that inspires you. Maybe it's listening to a podcast. Maybe it's reading a book, listening to music. Like there are so many other ways. There are so many ways to find inspiration. And I think a lot of people just want to, re- you know, like shut it off and go into TV land at night. But that really, you know, and then people will say, oh, I don't have time or whatever, but maybe shave off some of the TV time and take 30 or 45 minutes to explore what a passion could be for you. That's Um, such a good point, Marnie. That is such a good point because I think we do. We just, when we have that moment of like, you know, I don't even want to call it boredom necessarily, but just sort of that empty space we just, we grab a screen, right? We just mm-hmm. turn on a Netflix show and we, you know, instead of like you exactly what you said, just taking that time and sort of seeing, you know, what comes up. And I mean, you know, it's like, it can be oh, cooking, you know, trying a different recipe. It can be, I'm going to plant some, you know, herbs and, and plant or flowers or, you know, anything like that, that just kind of gets you out and brings you some joy. That's so important. Those are all great, great tips and great advice for everyone. So um, Julie, as we wrap up today, one thing we like to ask all our guests is, what does the art of living well mean to you? Well, I love, I love the art of living well. I love, I love that, that title so much and that, just that phrase because I do think that um, living well is an art. Um, 
and I, I think that is just such a you know to our to our previous conversation about creativity and 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 fluidity. I think that living well, um, like we said, is is not the same for every person, and it's it's doing the dance of of what living well means, what living well means to you, and I feel like um, for me the art of living well is really about, you know, honoring, honoring my sort of my needs, my, my innermost, my spirit, um, my creativity, and, and honoring everyone else, else's too, right? And, and, and being open to living in this, in this world, in this space, um, in this life where, um, we can elevate ourselves and elevate each other into, you know, and, and I, I mean, I do have this vision and dream of, of you know, a, a much more harmonious living um, for all of us. And um, I think that we right now are in a place in history where, um, I, I just I'm hoping and praying that more people can more and more and more people can experience the, the art the art of living well and that that you know people who have been um, suffering and people who you know maybe have never even had the opportunity to think about what what does living well mean for me right like where they're people who who've you know are living paycheck to paycheck living in poverty you know being discriminated against um where where people where everybody gets to ask themselves that question what does what does the art of living well mean to you and that people um you know can, can have the space and the time to to think about that and feel that and and live their lives that way Oh, I love that, Julie. That was so beautiful. Because you're right. And I think Marnie and I talk about this. It's a birthright. It's not a privilege to be able to feel and find your art of living well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a birthright. And, and some, you know, have been able to manifest it more than others. And I, I hope that in our lifetime, that's, that changes. And I love how you say that not only do you want to honor your own needs, but you want to honor everybody else's needs. That was beautiful. Yes, it was. Well, Marty and I can't wait to come back to Modern Well. Um, yes. <laughs> I can't wait for you to come back. We might not be until fall, but I'm excited to come back. Yes, it's just That's truly okay. such a happy place and a special place. And um, I miss it, especially right now, trying to navigate and work from home with everyone around. So. We will appreciate it even more. Thank you. It has definitely saved, definitely saved me when six of us were uh, living and working from home. Two adult children come, you know, home from New York and Chicago. I was like, um, I'm going to work. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Yes. So, well, great day, Julie. Yes, thank you for coming thanks, on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for doing this work, you guys. I'm really, I'm grateful that you're doing this and grateful to be a part of it. So thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
We are so excited that we created these fabulous new products for our listeners to support our podcast. Yeah, we have two new recipe books and one is curated for families. So there's lots of family-friendly recipes that both kids and adults will love. I've made these recipes for my family and everyone enjoys them. And then we have a second recipe book for those that want plant-based foods and maybe you're already eating vegan or maybe you're just trying to incorporate more vegetables and plants into your diet. They both have shopping lists and they're made with ingredients that you can find at almost any grocery store. You don't need to go to like a specialty store to find these ingredients. And we also created a Minneapolis Healthy Restaurant Guide and we're really excited about it. We want to support our local restaurants and um, it's really meant for you to find little gems in town that maybe you didn't know about. It gives you a chance to eat healthy out in a restaurant. Um, the food is delicious at these places. They're sourcing local sustainable foods and we're just really excited to support our local healthy restaurant community. And then the last product that we created is our favorite Art of Living Well podcast water bottle. It's 24 ounces. You may have heard us talk about this on stories um, because it serves both hot and cold beverages. There's a straw, you can use it or use it without the straw and it's perfect for on the go at home, wherever, and it'll help keep you hydrated. So we'd love for you to try our products and support our podcast. As our listeners, you can head on over to our website, which is www.theartoflivingwell.us slash products and order yours today. Maybe even give one as a gift. And also just to let you know, we priced all of these products um, pretty low so that everybody could enjoy them. $7 per guide, $20 for the water bottle, and we'd love your support. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at theartofliving underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.